Hello and welcome to United Against Violence. We are a group of parents who've come together to create a podcast for parents and anyone else who is concerned about serious youth violence and wants to take action to reduce it. So our group consists of a mix of parent champions and ambassadors from London's Violence Reduction Unit and the Parent House, a charity based in Islington. I'm Denise and today we're focusing on conflict management, what conflict is and how we can learn to navigate it well in our day-to-day lives. So our guest speakers this week are both from LEAP Confronting Conflict. We have Clifton McDonald and Brandon Ponce Carvajal and Sabrina from Islington's Knife Crime Ambassadors. So thank you for joining us today. I'm going to ask the guests to introduce themselves. I'll start with Clifton. My name's Clifton. I'm Clifton McDonald. I'm one of LEAP senior trainers and I work freelance. And I've been with LEAP for 13 years. My background is youth and community and I've been working with young people for over 30 years in lots of different settings from school young offenders institutions to proves because pupil referral units and and youth clubs and youth settings okay thank you brandon Um, well my name is brandon i'm 24 i work with leap as a youth ambassador representing them with youth i also opening up my own company which is to honor youth and as well as that i work as a mentor but that is independently Sabrina. Oh, hi there. I'm Sabrina. So I do voluntary with Parent House. I am a knife crime ambassador. That's something that I'm passionate about. I want to understand a bit more about why these things are happening. Okay, thank you. I'm just going to throw out the question. Um, Maybe you can start, Clifton. What is conflict? That's a big question. And for me, I think conflict means different things to different people. Um, For some people conflict is what happens internally and it could be around making decisions about how they feel about themselves and you know the external world and also external and and actually the conflict with um in relation to other people i mean if we're talking about external it could be you know disagreements it could be arguments which can lead to big bigger things and in terms of the work that we do at league we kind of look at that conflict can be something really really small to you know massive conflict that we see in the world so you know when we talk about war so we see that's really kind of really prevalent right now in terms of what's happening in terms of between Russia and Ukraine for example so it could be very very small and and I suppose just to give an example I remember working in a school young girl came to me she was really she was crying and I said to her what's wrong and in between her tears, she said, I'm just having a bad day. She was just having a bad day, right? And for me, what was interesting, all she needed was a little bit of time. I didn't even have to do anything. She was fine and she went out and she was cool. If she didn't have that time, that bad day could lead to not only uh, maybe having more conflict with herself, but it could lead to her having conflict with other people. And so... I see conflict as being inevitable. It's going to happen, but it's how you manage and how you deal with it that that can have the most impact on you. Okay, thank you. For me, just like Clifton said, it's something personal and something that could be exterior as well. You can find this in your workplace, in your day-to-day life, whether that's through friendship groups, whether that's at home, family relationships. 
I believe that conflict is usually something negative yeah. unless you choose to make it something positive, aka communicating with people, trying to build that positive relationship and trying to actually find a solution to conflict. So conflict for me, I say like what Clifton said, the battle within. That can be quite challenging if you haven't been given the tools. I feel like we're not really given the tools. So that's why the battle is more and if we actually communicated and got things out on the table we could resolve stuff because we can resolve stuff that's what we're here for so and 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 i think brandon raised it more often than not we look at it and it comes across as being really negative however it can be a real it can be a real source of change and transformation if really worked with and explored and i also say when you look at some of the major things some of the things that we even see in the world is because people had conflict and actually wasn't willing for it to stay that way and did something to make it change. You know what I mean? And I think that's really, really important. So it can be a source of opportunity. I like that. To sum that up, what I've heard with regards to what we feel conflict is, conflict is either an interior or an exterior aspect of ourselves and it's about the communication we have with others as well as probably self as well. So um, how did you all get into working with conflict or in the area of conflict? For me, it's been a real long journey. And on my journey as a LEAP trainer and facilitator, I've learned so much about myself and I continue to learn. My greatest teacher at the moment is my son. I've got a 17-year-old son. Every time I think I've got something sorted or something lit, my son will present something that makes me recognise that I, you know, I've got some work to do, right? But I also want to say it was through Leap's model of looking at anger that really got me, right? And, and when you look at the model of anger, it's, you know, anger is just a tip and then there's hurt and then we've got look at what the needs are and fear. And I realised that most of my anger resulted as a result of my fear. Yeah. And, and I've learned so much and I continue to learn. And I love this work. Because one of your key things that you said there was about looking at self. Yeah. And I kept hearing that coming through. I would say I didn't know what conflict was until recent years. It was bumping into leap through one of my community members, one of the residents that referred me to a mentoring program, a one-to-one mentoring program, which was based around conflict and taking a dive into my own personal life was something that I hadn't done before. And I hadn't realized how much conflict I was actually going through my own personal life, as well as dealing with other young people's personal lives that they were going through. So I guess that one-to-one session is what kind of built my knowledge, my care and conflict. I'm wanting to help young people because I, me personally, I believe that a lot of young people out there don't realise what the word conflict is, don't realise what's behind it. So I ended up bumping into LEAP, doing work for LEAP as a youth ambassador, um, building that knowledge more on conflict and realising that you can find conflict in any place, including within yourself. So... For me, after that, it was trying to better that negative cycle that I was constantly in and realising that our mind is our strongest part of our body. And then once I've realised that solution of 
having a positive mindset to break that negative cycle is what I then implemented to the younger generations. So yeah, because I can hear once again, it's about self. Yeah. Sabrina, again, didn't realise I was in conflict, love conflict, thrived of it, literally from a teenager to, uh, you know, an adult. Um, and I think when I realised I was in conflict, that's when I was, I went into recovery. I had issues with drink and drugs and um, realised I was hiding myself through this stuff because I didn't know how to be real. I felt like I'm going to hurt that person's mm-hmm. feelings or, you know, like, and the people that I thought was going to hurt was my, my parents. I didn't want to be real with them because I didn't know how to deal with the situation that I'd come from. Um, so when I decided to hang up my cloak of different people and actually stop living this lie of the different faces and went into recovery, I felt like recovery opened up a different world of conflict and people pleasing and giving yourself away and not filling up your cup and and not saying the word no and I think the reason why I wanted to make changes because I come from a big family there is cracks in the family as we've all got cracks but I've got six children and I'll be honest with you I don't want to live that type of life it's not good for it's not good for our mental health I then decided to get in touch with Parent House and slowly evolved through Parent House. And then I think they had a course with Leap. And you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a bit judgmental when I get into something that I don't like or I don't know. It's the fear, isn't it? It's the fear base. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this and have a course. But you know what? The games that we did, I have never had so much fun. I think people got hurt as well. But, <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, it actually, it gives you the stepping stones. And I thought I had all the tools, I obviously didn't, but it brought me back to the beginning of why there is problems and why as a, as a young person into an adult, I brought on these problems because I saw the problems and avoided it, but I made the problems like it was for me. It's not my stuff, it's, that's their stuff. Um, and doing leap just it showed me I could deal with my children's problem because again I was in avoidance I didn't want to deal with stuff so it now has given me the tools to say and to be able to deal with stuff and not be in avoidance you know a little bit of avoidance is there but I can recognise it and I've got to really gracefully say thank you to Lee actually well um, I guess that's a really good advert for you guys anyway you know because I was going to ask you how can you learn to manage conflict better I'm seeing that there's tools so could you just tell us how I feel like for me in particular it will probably be the mindset a lot of us tend to put ourselves in that negative mindset um, I can't do this I'm ugly I'm so on and so on especially when it comes to conflict with other people as well we tend to not want to surrender, not want to be the bigger person. We want to be heard, we want to be seen, we want to be... So I feel like if we can maybe control our mindset, the way we think and process things, maybe, like there's that saying, think before you speak. Trying to find a positive solution to that negative situation. Like that, think before you speak. Very important message. For me, what's interesting and what I love about the work is that first, we start with self as a trainer, I'm always very clear that 
this isn't about me, this is about you. And actually, you're the experts in your own life. And so the approach is, if what you're doing is working for you and getting you the outcomes you want, keep to it. You know what I mean? But if what you're doing isn't getting you the outcome that you want, then just, you know, you need to maybe stop and look at what is it. And for some people, they don't even know what the outcome you want. So we begin to begin to build relationships. We begin to look at who am I? What makes me tick? What is it I want? And so the games and the and the exercises are things that begin to explore some of that. What kind of strategies could help within dealing with that or looking at self to understand those conflicts? I mean, one of Leap's real core exercises is an exercise called Red Flags. Yeah? And, and Red Flags is to become aware about what triggers you in a conflict situation? What do people say, do, or not do, right, that might trigger you? And then what we do, we kind of actually role-play that. I mean, just to give an example, one of my red flags is being ignored by my son, right? I'm talking to him, trying to get his attention and whatever, and he's ignoring me. Now, my, my immediate reaction is that I feel frustrated, I feel angry, I feel disrespected and all of that. Yeah. And, and I feel that. And then it's also to notice where do I feel that in my body? Yeah. And even when that happens, I feel I tense up, right? I almost feel like I clench my fists, right, as an example. And then, then my thought process is also kind of going, and I think, you're rude and that, you know, and I kind of think, how dare you and all of that kind of thing. And so what we get people to do, even with that, is to notice what's going on with your body, what's your thought process. And it's one of those things that you act on. So if I feel that you're really disrespecting me, and that's a trigger for me, that that feeling disrespected in the moment is like, how dare you, or you're out of order, blah, blah, blah. It can get me to react. Yeah. Yeah? And I say the body gives us clues. Yeah, it gives us cues and clues about what's going on. And so I even know at the stage, if certain things start happening to my body, it's like, that's a sign, right? <laughs> yeah. That something... And then I've got a choice about what I do with it. And, and so that's kind of an example of a trigger. I was going to say that word, trigger. So it's the mind-body connection. Yeah. Yeah, and just yeah. managing it yeah. when it comes up. Yeah. And it's not even about money. I think first and foremost, it's about the awareness. Yeah. Right? Because if you've not got an awareness, then you can't do anything can't anyway. It. That's yeah. what I was going to say as well. Yeah. Uh, the strategy basically would be trying to figure out what your red flags are at the end of the day. It is trying to find out where your weakness is. Because at the end of the day, I feel like us as humans, we don't like to go to our negative spots. We tend to run away from it. So I feel like good advice for a strategy would probably be going into yourself and trying to see what certain things might upset you, might might be a fear to you, because all of these things are what brings up the conflict. It is delving into the unknown, isn't it? It's so real, you don't realise the impact it has and what you project onto others and how you respond because you're you're so in flight and fight mode because that's the fear that comes up from that. The way I've uh, I've changed the way my mindset is like, do you know what? If something does make me feel frustrated or gives me anxiety or whatever the case may be, right, I'm not going to attack it how I would, which would be 
as well as to beat someone up or to abuse them or whatever the case may be. You know what? All right, this has got me angry. All right, I will complain about it or whatever. And then that helps me because it's like, all right, I've dealt with that. I've not left that in limbo. I've not just left it where it's hanging. I've just realised like it's, it actually is good to deal with stuff. Like it's, I see the goodness from it now. It's good. It's amazing. Mm. And I think the other thing is it's about slowing it down because when I'm triggered, yeah, and even from what, doing this work, something could happen in an instant, right? And my reaction will be almost instant. So the point, I mean, sometimes why we might do a certain thing is to slow it down. Because, uh, I mean, if somebody said, really asked me, what was going on? I couldn't tell them, yeah. right? But if it's slowed down, I can get really in touch with what's really going on. So um, how can we help young people learn these skills? Because, I mean, I can hear how it can help. just want you to tell the listeners how maybe they can help their young people to look at conflict. Conflict is just something that should be spoken about to young people quite often. That's what I'm looking to do within my own business, trying to give these one-to-ones on conflict as well to young people so that they can also get an understanding on what it is. Because a lot of young people go through it, they know a basis of what it is, but they don't know the full in-depth. And if they maybe had a strategy, like if I had a strategy or I had known the things that Leap had taught me when I was younger... I would have possibly been able to prevent certain outcomes that didn't end so well and ended up negative. I confronted a conflict, for example. One of mine was not understanding how my brother had passed away and what was the reason behind it. Um, From what I had known about it, it was sort of just a gang issue. He was a part of a gang. He had got killed because of money, drug situations. And then unfortunately, only this year, I had got told that it was somebody within my own family, like my own family member that was in a different gang, got him, my own brother, set up in other terms. And it was all due to a hierarchy, lowerarchy, who's in a higher position, who's not, and due to poverty, the lack of money. So kind of being confronted with that conflict it was like what should I do Um, I didn't know what to think really it was kind of on top of that fighting BPD which is borderline personality which is suffering suffering from social anxiety depression self-harm so this was kind of a a point in my life where I kind of realised that conflict was intense the way I managed to get around it was like I kept saying, positive thinking, our mentality is the, the our most strongest part of our body. So if I can make a positive outcome of what i seen or experienced, then I know I can possibly change how I think. So now I don't think of it as so bad. I know who I can trust, who I can't trust. That's why I believe that trust is something that you need to have with young people. Because if a young person can't trust you, they can't open up, they can't speak, they can't feel comfortable around you. It prevents a lot of doors to open up for you. So, yeah. Trust and love. That's the basis of life. But also, I mean, not making sometimes how they feel be wrong. Yeah, Yeah, I I think that's also one of the things that actually part of how young people feel. I mean, you know, and we look at it. and, And for me, some of them have every right to be angry. There's a lot for them to be angry about. Try to kind of minimise it and squash it and all of that. It's not getting it done. 
So it's a, a acknowledging that, you know what, you've got a right to be angry. Some of the young people have been let down consistently by adults who are supposed to support them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Consistently. You know, for me, when I hear their story, it's like, I'm kind of thinking, I'm a big man. Yet still, if that was happening to me, I'd get angry. So let's not, you know, pretend. I think that's the other thing. I also like what, um, I mean, Dr. Gabor Mate talks about. He does a lot of work around attachment. And, I mean, he's got this amazing video called The Wisdom of Trauma. And he says that sometimes we ask the wrong questions. We kind of say, if they, if they behave away, we kind of say, what's wrong with you? As opposed to sometimes asking, what's happened to you? Yeah. Two different approaches, you know, two different questions. Because and what's wrong with you makes it seem like there's something wrong with them and, and all of that. But more, more often than not, there's nothing wrong with them, in, you know, in its kind of broadest yeah. sense, right? It's what's happened to them. And, and we also, in the work that, you know, that I love about Lee, is we say behaviour is information. A child and young person's behaviour, they're trying to communicate something to them. To you, right? And some of that behaviour has been developed over time from when they were pre-verbal. So they, they haven't got the words and all that. And then sometimes even as adults, they come and say, what's wrong or whatever? And some of them haven't got the vocabulary and all of that kind of thing. And, and so for me, it's about finding other means that we can then access about what's going wrong with them. Some of them, all they need is just to be held. Tell them that everything's going to be okay and in the best way you can. So I almost feel that's what some of the things that, you know, we need to be doing, um, that developing the emotional intelligence. Don't make conflict be that when things get really bad that you're having a conversation with them. It's about looking at what the different ways you can support and, and work with them. I feel like that being said as well, I feel like just being ears to young people especially me me when I was younger. I always wanted to kind of express the stories that I've been through. So I feel like that's another big situation, giving young people their voice, like, what is their story? What is their message? I just think what um, you said about agencies letting down kids, I feel like that happens so much here that to this day, I say to my children, do not hold yourself ransom where you've got an issue with authorities, and an issue with trying to seek help. It's about you and what you get from that. The consistency is important. Is key. And they're never going to have that. And, and role modelling. I mean, you know, I, I was sharing that. I mean, for me, a couple of things. We will say to a child, don't shout. And we're shouting at the top of our voice. Mm. And it's like, what, really? Mm. You know what I mean? And it's a running joke that I have in, and, um, that, you know, my wife and I have in our household. I can see my son doing something that I know is from me. Yeah. Right? And I would even make, <laughs> I would even say to her, I haven't got a clue where he gets it from. <laughs> right? And, 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 you know, and, and she looks at me as if to say, yeah. And, and, but even recognising that actually, sometimes some of what my son does is based on what he sees me yeah. do. I could tell him, I could talk to him till the cows come home. But if he sees me going on a certain way, he's more likely to do that. So if I want that to change, I almost have to be different for him to be different. So there's that. And I think, as I said, we're, we could be terrible role models. Yeah, monkey see, monkey yeah. do. Yeah. 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 And, and the last thing I want to say as well, and I remember even as a child, I remember 
I would say, I, I remember growing up and I say, when I have kids, the certain things I'm never going to say or do, I've broken every single one of those vows, <laughs> right? And, and I kind of think, oh my God, I'm becoming my mum. Oh my God, yeah. I'm becoming my dad. And, and, you know, and I'm making whatever and it's like, oh, you know what I mean? And, and, and even that I've had to really look at. So sometimes it's not even surprising that, mm. that patterns, family mm. patterns, repeats itself. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I saw something yesterday about, you know, trying to not be like your parents. Your parents are a part of you. So how can you not be like yeah. them? So the more you, you try to come away, it's about picking up the positives of them and recognising, OK, they didn't know how to do this, but I'm going to come in and do it in a different way. It's just, you know, learning how to strategize their problems which come into, maybe could come into your world and just learn how to deal with it differently. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing I love about Gabor Mate's work. Um, and just to say, anybody listening, uh, Gabor is spelled G-A-B-O-R, Mate is spelled M-A-T-E. And he also talks about parents and, and, and parenting, that actually we do the best we can with what we know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I know hearing some of my mum's journey of being a parent it made sense it's like aha you know I had some real aha moments right <laughs> and and it's like oh so that's why you are so I mean and so that was really really helpful and all of that and even the difference between even how my mum and dad raised me you know I mean I've got with both parents but my dad was one of 10 children my mum was almost raised as a, as a single child and of course there are different ways of be in the world. I mean, sometimes I think just having five of us was a bit too much for mum. You know what I mean? Yeah. In real terms, because, because one, yeah, she grew up as one. Yeah, yeah, she grew up as one, so she wasn't. And so sometimes when we're making like, oh, too much noise in my head, and oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that's what I mean. You know what I mean? And and so yeah. So um, two top tips, just two top tips each. Look into yourself and. If you do, like we do have triggers, I think it's important to come away from a situation if it makes you feel uncomfortable and look into yourself because there's signs within yourself that will kind of show you why these red flags or whatever's coming up. I think definitely, I wasn't taught to look at self. I didn't know nothing about self. I look into self and I know who I am and I listen to self. Okay. Mine will probably be... Just like you said, um, it'll probably be self-love, like discovering you. Um, what is it that you like? What is it that you don't like? Trying to get in-depth in about yourself, because we all like to say we, we know ourselves, but how well do we know ourselves? And the other one is just take a moment to just think about the situation that you might be in. Um, if it's something negative, try and process a positive situation and see what outcome you gain out of that. Top tip, I almost think, is to start by asking the question, is what I'm doing getting the outcome that I want? Is it getting me what I want? And, I, and, and if the answer is no, then it's something to, to kind of pause and think about what is, what is it you, you do. And, and I suppose then the other thing for me, I mean, top tip, is actually looking at how we both can win. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, how can we both win? Because... You know, if I'm in conflict with something and I get something, but the other person don't, right, then there's a winner and loser. And, and of course, we, nobody hate... I, I don't like to lose. 
So for me, if, we, if we're striving that we can both get what it is we want, that is reasonable, that doesn't harm each other, I, 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 that's what, for me, is, is, is about that. Okay, well, um, I'm hearing, look into yourself, discovery of self, the self-love of yourself, yeah. think before you take action, yeah. as well as, you said, truth. So that would be about being true to yourself and having that analysis. So thank you so much. Yeah, we've really appreciated your time and everything you've said. I mean, I've actually been laughing here, yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to play one of those games as well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, thank asking you. me be here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you, Fifty. Thank you, Brandon. And thank you, Sabrina. You're welcome. <laughs> So thank you for listening to Uniting Against Violence, the podcast about reducing serious youth violence in our communities. We've put useful links for the things we've talked about today in this episode's description. If you found this episode useful, please subscribe, share and like on socials at Uniting Against Violence. You can find that on Instagram. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can also email us at unitingagainstviolence at gmail.com. Reducing violence is a big topic and we know we can't cover everything and every perspective. So if you are listening to this, thinking about something we've missed, we encourage you to start conversations where you are. So together, we can unite against violence. This episode was co-produced by Aldine Stone and Sarah Hutt. Guest speakers were Clifton McDonald and Brandon Ponce Carvajal and Sabrina Jackman with editing by Sarah Hutt and the host was me, Denise Marshall. So special thanks to our partners, Islington and Camden Councils, Public Health, The Parent House and Crux and our funder, the Mayor of London, as well as, of course, Leap Confronting Conflict and our guest speakers. So thank you for listening and tune in for our next episodes.